Yes, welcome back to Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary. Each week, we chat the trading, the buying, and the selling of AFL players. And I must say, trying to paint the picture here for our people not watching on video, Mitch Cleary has returned from Gather Round in South Australia, not in a suit, and I am rattled. Yeah, good evening to you, Sam. We actually had a bit of feedback from one of our loyal listeners on TikTok. And if you haven't followed us on TikTok, at on TikTok. Tradies Podcast, suggesting that I look like I'm entering parliament and you're usually dressed like you're an undercover cop at a festival. <laughs> I saw that and thought, actually, lines what, up pretty well. What do other undercover cops at festivals dress <laughs> like, by the way? Apparently me. Okay. I'm not much of a festival goer. I don't know if that's a surprise yeah, okay. or not. So we both, need to, take that on board. we both need to work on our kits. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I was on a day off from Channel 7 today, so just rolling a bit more casually. On TikTok, so I've said I'm not on this, but a girl I know who's who works in, let's just call it the fashion industry, Yes. Who's heavily into TikTok said that she stumbled accidentally across <laughs> tradies the other day. Perfect. And apparently doing big numbers. Yes. Given She's how not fresh wrong. it is. She's not. And wrong. she knows her TikTok. So yep. just um, broadening our horizons to new eyeballs. Speaking of new eyeballs, how many selfies did were you asked for in South Australia? Come on, be honest. Plus or minus Do you have twenty? Do you have sightings of this? I'm not revealing any sources until you answer the question. Oh, it was less than 20. There might have been a couple mm-hmm. on the footbridge. The footbridge is opens a Pandora's box in, it, because it is, and this might sound like, sound like an ad for South Australian tourism, but there is no better ground in the country that connects the city to its footy oval Absolutely. in South Australia because Completely you walk through true. the train station, yep. there's a beautiful pub in there, and then you're at the ground in five, ten minutes. And it's chockers on the way there. And I reckon 80% of foot, foot traffic goes through that can we can, can we get the siren going as well? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> so, I've listened to every single radio station talk about how good Gather Round was while oh, I was sitting, sitting that, in Melbourne. Is that fo- is that a case of FOMO? No, or? so I'm just I'm just bloody sick of it. I couldn't care less. Like, we're, we're in a new week. I'm more interested in how many selfies you took. Uh, okay, it would have been two, three or four around there. Now, is it true I did? Yeah. it's come to my attention that you were asked for a photo but not to be in it? <laughs> yes. What Correct. happened? I was at a bar on Sunday night. All the formalities were over. And Jeez, it must a, be nice. Bar on Sunday night. Here I was sitting on the couch preparing for tradies. I had a 7 a.m. flight Monday, so it wasn't too late. Quiet pots. And there it was. In one corner of the bar was was Bo McCreary of Collingwood, mm-hmm. who I reckon from just from a distance was getting a selfie every two minutes. And the other corner was the man who seven days prior on that exact night was playing at the Masters and finishing runner-up to John Rahm. Brooks Kepka was there because Liv Golf is coming up. In wow. I reckon... Were people getting around him? Does everyone know who, who Brooks he is? He was like he was an undercover cop at a festival. He was hardly noticed. Amazing. I reckon in the space of an hour and a half I was at this bar, he would have been asked for two selfies and someone came up to me and said, "Can you? do you mind taking a photo of Brooks and I? Because if you don't really know golf, yeah. he, he could go under the radar. Yep, had his white cap on there, was with a little entourage of the Liv Golf crew. Now, did the person who asked you for the photo, mm-hmm. did he know who you were? Yes, we'd been chatting in footy a little bit. Oh, I see. So I was sitting so there. With... A bit, and did you think Brooks not knew who you were? <laughs> He's a big tradies podcast fan. Oh, my God. Is that Mitch Cleary? <laughs> I was there with Ben Cameron and I. he works for uh, ABC. Yeah, great great caller, Ben. Rising star in the, uh, in the media. No, 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 he's he not was... rising. He's risen. Well, yeah, was well and truly he's, on he's his up own there. two feet. And he uh, is a golf fanatic, a bit like yourself. Yeah. Uh, I took a glimpse of Brooks and thought that goal looks familiar, but I didn't fully uh, – because I'd watched the uh, the PGA Netflix series. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is uh, – didn't quite live up to the hype of Drive to Survive, but it was no, good. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, quite funny that Brooks was uh, less recognisable than, than Bo McCreary. Now, I have come back from – Well done in uh, Adelaide, by the way. You're very good. 
No, oh, thank you. Great coverage on Seven. I've come back and you feel like you've got a bit of a fresh blow wave through your hair. No, no, it's just, it's just it's actually the first episode I haven't worn it worn a cap. Oh, okay. So that's probably new for you. The feedback on TikTok sort of infiltrating your, your style choices. I don't know what it is, but for some reason my hair attracts more attention than my stories. I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's quite normal, apart from the fact that it's it's a slick, but well, of ginger. You nature. could argue that people watching, say, like a footy classified, it's a bit more out there than oh, your traditional. Don't, don't start me. It's a bit more tra- yeah, T- out there than your traditional TV. Yeah, I'm sort of a bit. TV more networks don't don't like anyone that doesn't have like an ultra conservative or corporate haircut. That's what I've learned in my time. How did you learn that? I've definitely had feedback from producers and people higher up to just watch what I'm doing with my hair. Now, I'm always fascinated by this in, in TV <laughs> land. Did they, Often the bosses can contact you through the producers and it sort of it sort of is funneled down the line. <sighs> did that come from the producer that you report to or did that come direct from someone above that person and they just felt like they could Shit, I don't take know it upon themselves? Um, no, well, we're halfway down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I This is, uh, is it last year? Was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year. And I remember exactly where I was. I was um, I was in North Melbourne, about to get a cafe, uh, a coffee, writing uh, writing a story. And my big boss, I don't I don't often get direct calls from my big boss. Yeah, uh, who's based in Sydney. <laughs> and I just hosted Footy Classified the night, and we we'd had a really good show. Yeah, and I'd woken up, and we we'd rated really well. Oh, so back to I'm, the ratings conversation from a few weeks ago. I'm rubbing my hands together. <laughs> I'm thinking, hang on. The 9:30 emails come through. The it ratings. Either, it was either Hutchie or Eddie wasn't able to do the show, so I've been uh, I've been called in late. Yep. I've hosted, and we've rated off the charts, right? And I thought, <laughs> hang on, this is reach. It's reach Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and it was with Brent Williams, boss of Sport of Channel Nine. Yep, unbelievable operator. Uh, also used to be the producer of. Is he based in Sydney now? The Footy Show. I he, he's both, yep. but I'm pretty sure he lives in Sydney. I've, my first job was working under Brentos as a 18, 19 year old. Yep, great, one of the great men. And I said, "Hey, Brent." <laughs> he said, "Sam, do you want the long part of this conversation or the short part?" I went, "Oh, always better when things are to the point." <laughs> said, Dad, "You need to cut your hair." <laughs> <laughs> He said, what? So you said, just mate, it's, hang, it's hanging out the back. It needs to go. Not, <laughs> you can't come back on until you cut the hair. So you've been, you so the rebel, back the inside rebel your in box. Me, the rebel in me was like, oh, I don't want to cut my hair. And uh, the person who follows the rules in me, one out. And I went straight to my uh, hairdresser in, <laughs> in South Yarra and got it cut. Good evening to you, Joey. Yeah. Uh, if that have come, had that had have come from someone in Melbourne or not as uh, senior, would you have followed the rules? I think had it been not Brent, I <laughs> I may have kicked up more of a fuss. Oh, I'm going to keep a close eye on your hair. Yeah, good evening weeks. to you, Brent. Things at Channel are absolutely flying. We should get Mitch over. In fact, no, don't do that because uh, then I won't have a job. Before we get started, make sure you hit that uh, follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. And also make sure you rate and review the podcast. We're going to get straight into the white. I've got a bit of a left field whiteboard entry, okay. which I'm a little bit nervous about, but I want you to kick us off. Well, I want to go through a few whiteboard items that are already up there out of the South Australian visit. Cozzy Pickett online. Oh, we're going back to Cozzy again. <laughs> this is unbelievable. We should write Cozzy a check. Yeah. We really should. Okay. He's providing that much content for tradies. Cozzy and Chris Matraka spent the day in Cozzy's hometown, two hours southeast of Adelaide, for a whole day. I think it was the Thursday before. South. East. So where's that? So it's down sort of Victor Harbour way. Okay. The name of the town actually escapes me. But Cozzy and Christian Petrarca spent a whole day there capturing some content for the Melbourne website. And I was thinking, got wind that maybe they're down there. Are we waiting for a Cozzy contract announcement? Right. Back in South Australia, in his hometown. Thought it might have been a nice little bit of synergy to announce the contract. Hasn't come yet. But my sense out of the Melbourne camp right now, this is really close. I think it's shifted now that, that Cozzy Pickett's on board to, to re-signing at Melbourne. Wow. 
And I think if we don't get an announcement from Melbourne in the next two, three, four weeks, that's when it'll go into overdrive that he's leaving. Because I think there's been enough momentum now for Cozzy to, to sort of re-sign with that little visit with track, you know, the conversations that have happened around the list management, his family are on board. Yeah, I, I think it's tracking in the right direction, pardon the pun, with uh, with Cozzy Pickett. And this is why it's good that like you and I are talking about these sort of situations earlier in the year because so often we'd wait until like round 15 and we'd say, oh, well, if it's not done now, then... Yeah. But to your point, he would have come back from Adelaide, having spent some time with family, spent a bit more time with teammates like he did with Christian. He would now have all the information Correct. that he needs. So yep. nothing's going to change, whether it's money-wise, contract clause-wise, who he's playing with or for. Yeah, He's got all the evidence and all the information that he needs to make that call in the next four weeks. So I'm with you. What are we now? Round five. Yeah, if we get into the double-figure rounds and we haven't had an announcement, yeah, he's Max Gorn. The next part of this is I'm really curious on the length. So 22-year-old kid, he turns 22 this year, spent a lot of time in WA, later parts of his junior career in SA. Typically, that'd be a two-year deal with a 22-year-old, maximize his value, taken to year six. But year f- four more years were taken to free agency. So I'm really curious to see which way, if indeed he does sign at Melbourne, which way it goes. It's either two or four years because I can't see him going, he's not going to go five, six, seven. It's either going to be two or, or four, I think, from here. So why wouldn't he, though? Like if Melbourne was smart, wouldn't they just offer him an eight-year deal? Oh, yeah, but... And try to lower the cash? Absolutely. Knowing that more money... What you said a couple of weeks ago, the CBA has gone up by, what, 30%? I think the the thought around the CBA is it'll go up by 15 20% initially, like in one big hit, and then gradually in years after that. Now, how many years the CBA is, yep. is anyone's guess? There's still a lot to be thrashed out there. I could be wrong. Like that could, like we could see a Cozzy announcement for eight years, but with him and his age and his links, I can't see it being much more than four. One other one from my whiteboard before we get to a voice memo. Yes. Sorry, your whiteboard. Tom DeConing. He was spotted at the footy festival, at the same footy festival, within a, a 10, 15 metre radius of the Sydney president. Hang on. What? So Andrew Pridham. Oh, no. Oh, they've done it again, this one. <laughs> no, no, no. This is Tom, ha- Tom Harley-Joe Danaher. I was again. keeping a close tag on How have you not led with this? No, hang on. Is this why you're being used third on Channel 7? It's because you're burying your leads. <laughs> they didn't cross paths, though, from what I could see. They were in the same vicinity. It's a big place. There would have, at any one stage, there would have been three or 4,000 people in this footy festival. They got from what... So, as you know, with TV, how these things work, word up the cameraman, Andrew Pridham's over there and Tom DeConing's over there. They could, If they start chatting, this would be a, a brilliant shot for the news. Imagine seeing that in round four or five in Adelaide. Mm. They never actually spoke from what I could see, I see, but they were in the same vicinity of 15, 20 metres of one another. Have you been working next to Tom Brown for too long? <laughs> I was you, there for you a press... Ne- you, you have now even- turned this into Andrew Pridham and Tom DeConing were standing 15 metres away from each other at some point while they were both in Adelaide. Yeah. Is that what is that what you're reporting to me tonight? I just thought it was worth mentioning out of gather yeah. round. Now, in hindsight, I understand why you buried the lead. That, <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. One, okay, one I want to do. Okay, you, sorry, before no, you do, go. Do you want to just do the whole show? Yeah, you, let's just do that. Yep. This voice memo hit our inbox at Tradies Podcast on Instagram. Hey, boys, love the podcast here. Uh, I'm a massive fan of Crows and I've heard rumors about Mason Redmond. Uh, just wondering if you've heard anything and willing to share. Thanks, guys. Okay, my third and final takeaway from Gather Round is Mason Redmond. He was every second person wanted to know what is happening with his contract. Hmm. Currently at Essendon on a nice deal, but he is going to have a big pay rise, as you mentioned earlier in the series. How much is he going to be? What's he going to be worth? I think on the open market, Mason Redmond's worth between 650 750 a year as a free agent. Okay. 
and the Crows are monitoring the situation right now, as they do with all South Australians. Mm. But I think this one is a bit real than just the, oh, he's a South Australian, keep tabs on it. I think there might be a bit to play out there. And Mason Ribbons had multiple chances to come out and say, I'm committed to Essendon, but he just kicked it down the road. He said, I'm you know, on a few occasions saying that I'm just wanting to see how it plays out, loving my time at the club, we'll see what happens, faith in my manager, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so that leads me to my whiteboard entry. Yep. And it's the Crows and what they've been able to do. And I don't think we've been giving them enough credit and I'd like to put up my hand and say that I was one of those people but what they have been able to do and let me just get down into the to use the tradies term the nuts and bolts into it so for them to go after Jordan Dawson who they gave a five-year deal to and they're only paying him just a bit over 500 grand a year and then it's bloody good business if that's the fee and then turn him into an inside midfielder after they made him captain and I was one of the the leaders of the pack saying when they made him captain thinking how low on leadership is this footy club they're making Jordan Dawson who they poached from you know Sydney he was sort of like a a nice looking wingman into a captain he now took care of Patrick Cripps on the weekend he's one of the informed midfielders in the competition right now as Kane Corn said you know he's probably an All-Australian if you were to pick it right now so you've got that right then you've got Justin Reid the long-term list manager who has the balls to pick Rochelle at six I think he went yep in that draft and Hamish Ogilvie and Hamish Ogilvie yep. so Hamish Ogilvie for those that don't know is their head of recruiting yep. and Justin Reid is head of list, list management so, so Justin would be they work hand in hand yeah so for them to pick Rochelle when, when they did in that draft looks an amazing selection combine that with them going after Rankin who I didn't think was worth the $800,000 that they're paying him but if he keeps playing the way he is he's worth that and change yeah combine that with the fact that they draft Fisher Mackesy yeah. In the top 10. He then, before the season even starts, retired because he, he falls out of love and footy. Yeah. And he was basically seen as the guy that could replace either Tex at centre-half forward or potentially even a Duday, you know, if he left yeah. at centre-half back. They lose him and yet they're still able to be doing what mm. they're doing. They bring, you know, it looks like they're finally getting the best out of um, Darcy Fogarty. I just think that for a side that made the grand final in 2017, they got flogged. We know what happened with all the off-field issues. So many players left. Yeah, They've been smashed for their leadership, for their list management. I've been one of the leaders of that. I think for what they've been able to do recently and to be playing the way that they're playing and to be, you know, it's not like they've done a Carlton or a, a Melbourne or an Essendon where they've just been constantly throwing big money at, at big name players. Like for them to be paying Dawson less than six hundred grand a year, it, yeah. it, it is it's an amazing bit of list management, and I don't think it's been talked about enough. So I want to put it on the whiteboard. I'm yeah. going to do that now. And the Fisher Mackesy one is, is a great point because as a top ten pick, what he'd be 21, 22 this year. That would be when the time for a top ten pick of Fisher Mackey's is just starting to see the fruits of, of that pick. So they, they've lost that a completely one whole top ten pick, and you know how and much they get, how, and they get no combo for that. No. Nah clubs build their whole list structure and list management process around top 10 picks and he was a big part of that the other thing I think has been probably forgotten a bit was their key backs Jordan Butts has just re-signed rookie selection Nick Murray rookie selection as the SSP so went through the whole summer was added both of those guys, yes, they on the weekend, Colonel and Mackay had their moments, but they still held up the back line. They go and get Max Michelini and match the father-son bid out of that on the weekend. Smart. I think those guys, you know, Tom Duday gave a first-round pick for Ooze's leadership and, you know, many thought probably was the captain in waiting, but I think Rory Sloan had a big part to say in why Jordan Dawson took over. I think Rory anointed him as the guy internally to, to take over. And then Chase Jones, who we'll get to a little bit later on, has, has sort of come on now a little bit as a first-rounder and starting to show his ways. Mitch Hinge was a pick out of the preseason draft, or they sort of didn't have to give up anything for Mitch Hinge out of Brisbane. He was a fringe player there. 
and comes to the Crows. So what they've been able to do with lesser picks has been huge, as well as the recruits like Dawson, as you mentioned. A lot's been made or debated around whether Taranto and Hopper are the right way forward for Richmond versus should they have taken those picks to the draft. But you're more interested in what's happening up forward. Yeah, when Jack Revolt, you'd think would be his last year. Still kicked four goals on the weekend. He was a warrior on the weekend, yeah. After his seven or eight staples in his head. Um, The next 10 weeks, Lynch is out for three months. He's going to show the deficiencies up forward for this side. And they've got a player by the name of Noah Bolter who they've moved back this year and basically said to him, we want you to play as a key back. He'd been thrown around a little bit. Even on the weekend, Damien Hardwick said we were tempted to see what he could do as a forward, but we want to settle him in defense and see how he goes as a pure defender. They need two of Noah Bolter. And there's a guy playing at the Giants in Harry Himmelberg who can... As a and proven to play at both ends, took match-winning mark on the weekend and then went back on the last line of defence to save the game for the Giants. With the Given they don't have the picks, they've given up the picks for Taranto and Hopper, they don't have a first-round pick this year. Nice so I think hard. the free agency conversation will come again yeah. around Richmond. Is Do they go again with the same list management structure in going for the now like they have done with Hopper and Taranto? And the best way to do that is the free agency conversation. They, they don't have first-round picks to play with. They have to do that, don't they? Well, I think you, so. You can't bring in Hopper and Taranto and then a year later decide, actually, we're going to bottom out. No, but clubs have done that previously. Look at Essendon with what they did. They, they flipped. They went and got Stringer, Shield, Sard, Devin yep. Smith, and then they went a couple of years later, they were taking three first-round picks. Yeah, but they were poorly, poorly run. I, mean, I feel like Richmond with Gale there and Hardwick yeah. in his 15th year, I think, like, Blair Hartley, I just don't think they're going to... Yeah. I don't think they'd do that. No. I, but it goes back, you know, Dusty's already on the whiteboard. They should have they should have cashed in, you know, last year. Yeah, so... But I don't like saying the that need, upsets Richmond people. The need for another key position player at Richmond has never been higher. Mm-hmm. Dylan Grimes is still a warrior for that club, but he's 32 now. You know, his time is coming in the next year or two. Um, they're going to need to go after, I think, Himmelberg, you know, or someone of that ilk would be the right thing the right factor just around that on on Himmelberg you look at Port Adelaide and Brisbane who also don't own their first round pick Power gave it up for Horn Francis the Lions gave it up for Dunkley yep there are other clubs you'd think would be in the conversation for a free agent like Harry Himmelberg so Brisbane you say Freo as well well yeah throw them in the mix as well yep Brisbane, Marcus Adams going out with his concussion and still no certainty whether we see him long-term. Port Adelaide have been you know, open in the fact that they need a key defender. They looked at Mackay last year. Savarada Galea, they almost got over the line. They'd be in the conversation as well, I think. I forgot be. about Ben Mackay. I'm going to talk about him <laughs> at some point. And he played on the weekend. He I did. think. I think him and Aiden Core in the North Melbourne defence. Well, Harry and Ben were, were playing on different days, so it could have been Harry. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And we are going to get to nuts and bolts, but a little bit later, because we teased it last week. Yeah. I was going to talk about Clayton Oliver, so just wait for that one. He's got a long-term deal at Melbourne, though. Yeah, but he was going to go to Carlton. Anyway, uh, let's go to overs and unders. You mentioned the Crows. Well, I talked about the Crows and the fact that Dawson heading into the midfield Playing the way he is for the he's playing like an eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar player. Yeah, they're paying him three hundred thousand dollars less than that. Who else are the Crows is earning unders? Well, I don't know if he's on unders because as a first round pick, he would have got a nice jump in his third and fourth year contracts. But Chase Jones is right now out of contract, mm. and it's the perfect time to him to be playing. You know, one of his best games on the weekend. He was really impressive on the Thursday night big stage against the Blues at the Adelaide Oval. And I think now with Dawson, as you mentioned, going in to play that midfield role, we all thought Dawson was going to be a halfback wingman type. 
there is going to be opportunities now for Chase Jones to really bet himself down as a first choice halfback at this footy club. And on the weekend, looked every bit of that. So a bit still to work through. Uh, you know, he was left out earlier in the season, Chase Jones. But I think now with Dawson opening up that spot, it's a good chance for him as a first round pick to make it his own. Managed by the great Tim Hazel, yep. fellow Tasmanian. Yes. And uh, player manager who had his biggest trade period a couple of years ago because managers Adam Trelaw. Yep. When he moved from the Pies to the Dogs. I think Tim will be listening from Boston and just completed the marathon. I just saw that, actually. Yeah, well done, Tim. Very completed ta- six international very marathons. Ta- talented athlete, and uh, we'll tell you about it, too. Can I just put... I'm a bit hesitant about this one. Can I just put Adam Cherart on the overs-unders? Right. He's not playing poorly. I just don't think he's playing like a $750,000 midfielder. So I thought he was actually... Is that what he's on at Carlton? Yeah. I thought he was actually okay against Adelaide and went to half back and did some good things. And he's a, I think he's quite a neat distributor. Uh, but this year he's had, so he's had 21, 25, 28, only 18 against North. He was quiet. And then 23 on the weekend. It's been a while since like, so his first game for Carlton ran one 2022. Yeah. He had 30, he kicked a goal and he got three brown low votes. And I think every Carlton supporter walked away from the MCG saying, wow, we've found a guy that can be as good as Cripps playing next to Cripps and Walsh. Yeah, and next to Cripps and Walsh, he was meant to be the cherry on top, right? So he didn't poll another Brownlow vote until the final game against Collingwood, which in fairness to Adam was another big game. They obviously lost. It was tight. He had 27 and kicked two. So he's polled in two Brownlow in only two games, but they're both huge games. And he's he, he hasn't set the world on fire in between that. And I just think that the way that Carlton are getting beaten at the moment, where they're getting done at the source, Cripps looks sore again. I, I don't know whether he's injured. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, Dawson did a job, like, and that was sort of... Yeah, and Hewitt had his quietest game on the weekend that he's probably ever had, or I can remember him having. So I just think the spotlight gets turned... The heat just gets turned up a little bit on the cherries yep. of Carlton. By saying, you know, we went and got you, we paid a lot for you, we expect... We expect a lot of you. Um, and again, you know, I preface by saying it might sound a little harsh, but when you're playing for the big clubs on Bitcoin, you expect big results. It's year six for him right now. It's his 100th game coming up this weekend. Yeah, there you go. So it's it's just at the time where you start thinking, okay, which way is this guy going? Yeah. Because I, like, I don't think – like Adam Chera is going to be a 200-gamer, barring touchwood, any unforeseen circumstances with injury. But there's 200 games, there's 200 games, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And I, and I feel like he could be – an unbelievable player. Like, I, I feel like he could be... Well, he was tracking that way at Fremantle. And I just... just he just, could be Mark Murphy stature yep. by the time he finishes his Carlton career if he lives up to his potential. What's a break-even for Adam Cherry? Is it, is it two BNFs? That's a great question. I think he's got to win at least two. Just Because the... he's good enough. So I'm, I get, I'm just putting him in overs-unders because I just yep. hold him to such a high standard. And I think watching him for Freo and then watching him for Carlton, he's got so much upside. He runs hard both ways, which Carlton don't have heaps of outside of Walsh. So I think he's an important cog for them. So he's just a watch for me. And they gave up a lot for him. Yeah, what did they give him in the end? Pick six and a swap? Yeah. And if you're looking at sort of similar, you could almost compare it to Dion Prestia at the time when he went from Gold Coast to Richmond. I think Richmond gave up pick six or seven at the time for Dion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And has gone on. Well, Dion's been a really well, a triple premiership player, right? Yeah. Just on the Chero one quickly. He actually, from my understanding, you might correct me on this, actually gave up money to move to Carlton. So I think Fremantle's offer was... I think it was 800 plus, wasn't it? Around about that. Yeah, So I, I think agree. he actually took unders. Yeah, to no, no, I'm, I'm not saying that he was he was cash hungry. Yeah. Not at all. Well, I was like, you know, but once you get to the seven, once you, yeah. once it starts with the seven, you expect big thing. And that's why, you know, like 
That's why McGovern's been a bust, and that's why there's spotlight on Williams. Yeah, you know, because once it and it's like and that's Sard's living up to his potential because he's yeah. earning that money and he's uh, all Australian last year, high up in the best and fairest, like one of the best running defenders in the game. Uh, speaking of defenders, just before we get to no more gaps, I'm going to talk about Gold Coast. So you said was it F one or two about Ben McKay? You said he was an eight hundred thousand dollar player, seven fifty ish. How, how do you feel now? Oh, still reasonably confident. Okay, you're going to base this off one game. Well, you were basing it on no games. Well, I was basing it on the the year or two before that. Yeah, I, I think think as it currently sits, you're behind on on a very small sample size. I, I would like to point out that clubs pay overs for free agents like Ben McKay. Thank you. I wasn't aware of that. Let me just go back through my trade notes. Overs. You'll for, see it there somewhere. Ah, uh, because it doesn't cost them anything. In that. Right, makes sense. Correct. And there's not many players like him at his size with the with the stature of the modern forward. Mm. Him being able to defend the Harry Mackays of the world, the Max and Ben Kings. Yep. These are sought after. Yeah, there's guys. not many of them. Yeah, I agree with that. I tell you, and he's come back from bugger all preseason. Yeah. Hurt his foot. No, of course. I'm being a little bit silly, but they got belted on the weekend and he was part of the game. They did concede 33 marks inside 50. Yeah, which was a record, I think. And speaking of good size, just I just want to put out that Will Setterfield playing quite well. I just wanted to mention that. Oh, back, one back in my corner, is it? <laughs> I'll, I'll put that. I'll put a tick next to my name on that. I did get a text message from a premiership, multiple premiership winning captain a couple of weeks ago, who said uh, he was laughing in the car listening to me trying to tell everyone that Will Setterfield wasn't wasn't a tall midfielder, and then and then you asked how tall he was. <laughs> he's one ninety. Yeah, he's actually pretty big. Yep. Okay. Now as a journal, I'm trying to think who would that multiple premiership winning player have been. Works for uh, your network as well. Uh, oh, okay. No more gaps. Gold Coast. Geez, they're an interesting team. Yeah. I've almost given up on them. And, and I've, been one, I've been one of the few flag bearers for the Gold Coast Suns over the journey. I really have been. I'm a four-year member of the Gold Coast Suns. Right. Oh, that's a bit weird. but <laughs> So once again, well, actually often start season as well, but they're one and four with a, yeah. with a percentage of 75. It looks like... <laughs> Miracle on ice sort of stuff if they were to make the eight from here. Yeah. And top eight teams don't lose the way they did on the weekend. So the point of no more gaps is we try to sit here without being too technical. Yeah. And without being too footy oriented in the way we talk about ball movement or anything like that. Because that's, that's not our area of expertise. Not that we really have one. Um, <laughs> what do they need? So I would just, I'll start things off and then you, you pick it up. Yeah. I think they've done really well putting together a long-term midfield group. Yeah. I really like what they've got. I mean, Miller's nearly won a Brownlow. Anderson's going to be a star. He's clearly the next captain. And, you know, Raul, after setting the world on fire early, has come back through injury and through, I think, potentially a bit of mismanagement. And he looks like now a really important player for them going forward. I feel like they've got enough depth in their midfield. Just on that, Matthew Lloyd pointed some great stats out last night on Footy Classified, Monday night of Footy Classified, that the breakdown of the centre bounce attendances or the midfield minutes for the Gold Coast is very very heavily weighted to those three players. Yep. Miller, Anderson, Rao. Yep. So they need to so get some more going in there. Elijah Hollands was dropped on the weekend. Yep. Top 10 pick. Yes, he's been off the ACL, but he's been fit for the best part of 12 months now. Yep. Sam Flanders, top 10 pick. Uh, ben Ainsworth, Kane made a good point, suggesting that he should be the 10, 15 percent midfield guy that bursts through there, plays half forward and goes through there. Yep. It, it it feels to me that there's too much reliance on those three, Miller, Anderson, Rao, and they need more 
differential through there. When you look at a, a Geelong last year that had the ability for six, seven to go through there, Melbourne have made a big point of that this year to have different names go through there. Cozzy, for example, is my man to go through there and yeah. provide a spark. So I think ultimately, when you look at no mill gaps, you sort of look at what they've let go as well in order to look at what they need to bring in. I think if they miss the eight, the argument that Stuart Jew will find it hard to win is that they lose Brody, he goes to another team and he becomes a much better player. They lose Jared Lyons, he goes to another team, becomes a much better player, plays in big finals. Yeah. They lose Isaac Rankin, who is almost the best small forward in the comp right now, having just left, albeit on big cash, and they, they came very close to re-signing him. And in his home environment, so that... Yeah, there's, there's context to all of it. Yeah. I understand that. But when I look at Gold Coast now, I think they need two extra mids. Gee, Brody and Lyons would help. To go to Lordy's point about more depth, yeah, they need to... both. Both are out of the best twenty-two at their current clubs, though. Will Brody was dropped at Frio, and Jared Lyons has played all year in the VFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I understand that, but I'm I'm talking about if they'd had them the last couple of years playing yeah. the way they're playing. Again, context to everything, they need some spark up forward. Oh, geez, that's why they drafted Rankin mm. where they did. That, that hurts. Yeah, like because you get picks through back through the door, but then it's another gamble. Yeah, and, you're, and it's just a cycle. You just start the whole process again. Yeah, and, and I actually like what they've developed down back. I think they've got some decent runners off half back. Um, I think their keys in, in, in Collins and Ballard, you know, can hold down the fort. But Ben King needs some help up there. I'm still not sure Jack Lacocious is yeah. the absolute answer up forward. I think, he's your, I think he's your third tall. I think next to King and one other. Agree. He's more of your Jack he's Gunston. Your, he's your half forward. Next to Roughhead and Franklin, he's your Gunston. Yep. So, you know, that's why I look at Gold Coast and I just think a lot of what they're missing are pieces that they had mm. and through not through anyone's particular fault at the time. I mean, you've got as far back as May and Lynch. You know, like imagine Ben King learning his craft under Tom Lynch as Lynch is playing his last few seasons. Yep. The same with Ballard playing under May. You know, and I know that they've been really unlucky with Dave. But I was on the Gold Coast train for a long time. I thought this would be the year that they really improve and knock on the door of the eight. They still might. It's early. But when we talk about it through the lens of no more gaps, they've got quite a few gaps compared to the other teams that they're competing with for that bottom of the eight spot. Yeah. And this, right now, this list management process of Gold Coast is reaching the point where it has to be playing finals. Don't forget, less than 12 months ago, they gave up a first round pick along with Jack Bowes to basically clear his money. Yeah. With the, was it two years left on his contract yep. from memory? Yeah, two years. So this is a club that's not, they're not rebuilding. They're, they're not they're not in the process of, oh, we've got another draft or two until we can go bang. They took one pick at the first 20 end last year. It's Bailey Humphrey, who as a big-bodied midfielder has got upside and he's going to be an impressive player. And, yeah. and Melbourne, don't forget at the time, moved heaven and earth to try and get above Gold Coast in the draft to get this kid so he can play. But they've just got too many 21 to 24-year-olds that are just paddling now upstream and they're not going anywhere. No. And they've got, you know, Mark Evans, the CEO, who the AFL basically sent there to sort them out, has built the pillars, you know, like yeah. they got Craig Cameron, the long-term Richmond list manager, in to build the list. They got Wayne Campbell, you know, to come and be head of football, highly experienced. They've They've gone back to the well with Jew and giving him an extension. Stability, so, right? So it's stability. So everything you're saying on field matches up with everything that they've done off field. And then you look at them and it's like, well, they're, they're one and four. And I don't really understand, you know, why they are that, given that the teams around them are West Coast, Hawthorne, who we know are rebuilding, and Richmond, who are bottoming out. Yep. Well, potentially. Anyway, that's no more gaps. We've probably spent enough time talking Just about Just want my biggest yep. hole on their list. You yep, spoke about the, the key forwards. They've got a kid coming through the draft this year. 
top 10 pick, Jed Walter, who's part of the Gold Coast Academy, I think is a 195, 196 key forward, will be there. Again, he's not going to help you make, you make finals in the next year or two. He's still going to be pretty raw, yep. but has great signs. I think for me, the player they need is a key back. They lost Rory Thompson, uh, don't forget, after yeah, the ACLs. That, that kills you. That hurts them. Stephen May would be an amazing addition, but an intercepting player or or a lockdown to let Ballard become an I think Ballard it's a bit like Jordan Ridley in that, you know, if he if he's allowed to play as the third and, and roam off can be a nice interceptor, but he's being right now being asked to play too much of a lockdown role alongside Collins and they just get yeah, they get chopped up down there. Now let's get to this. Okay, so Clayton Oliver, who is, you know, comfortably whoever you talk to, he's in the top five players in the comp, right? He's only played 150 games. He's got a CV that yep. anyone would drool about. Many many would say he's the best player in the comp. It's him and it's Jeremy Cameron and yep. it's Petrarca and it's Bontempelli and it's Cripps, you know, on any uh, uh, given day. He re-signed. He then did an interview with the Herald Sun. I remember this vividly. <laughs> and the headline out of it was that I was never leaving the Ds, which is not true. But I, I respect his thought process of a lot of people just say I was never leaving, right? Yeah. So let me take you back to the end of 2020. So, the D's have just missed the eight. Is this that? This is the hubby when they capitulated in Cairns. Yeah, things not going well. Yeah, Petrarca wins the BNF. Oliver finishes fifth. Oliver gives a really weird speech at the BNF that is being played on Zoom, basically because you know it's being done in the yeah. hub and rolling lockdowns. And he's a quirky guy when behind a mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely guy, but yeah, different. You can tell he's not happy with finishing fifth. And there's been rumours circulating for weeks and months that him and Petrarca, you know, sort of didn't really see eye to eye. And they both just kind of wanted like Seaball get ball. And a year later, Max Gorn basically admitted that, you know, before they go on and win the flag 23 games later. Yeah, it was the unselfish D's, wasn't in, it? In Perth, that's right. Yeah. The whole the whole thing was, well, we learned to be unselfish. And instead of just worrying about it ourselves, we, we gave it to the person in the best position. So that's when Clayton Oliver, who... Uh, at the time, he's managed by Nick Geeshan, who is in that time just leaving yeah. Tom Pretoro at TLA yeah. to go to Paul Connors. And some of his clients are staying with him, a la Clary, and others like Zach Merritt are being convinced by TLA, no, no, don't go with him. We'll, we'll you know, we'll manage you. We'll find someone else. Yeah. So he's sort of like losing some, keeping some. So it's an awkward time for him as well. Clayton Oliver and David Teague, the then Carlton coach, organised a Zoom meeting. Hang on. Clayton Oliver logs onto a Zoom with David Teague. Fact. That's not an impromptu I tell you bump what, into someone. I tell you what, it's fact, and I can say this now. Because I rang David Teague. I was working at the time. There'd been rumours. You'd probably heard them as well. Oh, yeah. And it's very hard to get a story like that up, unless, particularly for a newspaper. Like, I know, And I'm not saying, I'm not begrudging TV or radio, because I work in both of them as well. But when you're writing a, trying to write a back page for a newspaper, <laughs> and you don't want to be sued for defamation, which, trust me, isn't fun, you need to get it heavily sourced. So I didn't have a relationship with Oliver. I had a bit of a relationship with Dave Teague. Found his number. I just rang him. Colt. Sam McClure from The Age. Anyway, David was very upfront. Yep, we chatted. But I can tell you right here, right now, nothing's happening. He's out of contract. He's, sorry, he's under contract. Yeah. We don't have a lot of picks. We haven't got much cash. It's just, it's going to be too hard, mate. So, you know, like I'm just being honest with you. I don't want to be quoted, but it's not going to happen. So then as a journal, I'm getting slightly off topic here. As a journal, and you would have been in this position a lot of times. It's the old question of... Is the juice worth the squeeze? So I could write a back page story, right? And the age would have put it on the back page saying, Carlton coach David Teague and contracted Melbourne midfielder Clayton Oliver have met discussing a potential move from Melbourne to Carlton, which would be a blockbuster story. It's a story. It's a but mega story. I knew in my heart that if it wasn't going to happen, all it was going to do was it'd be a flash in the pan story. A week later, it would be put to bed and at trade period, 
it would never happen. People would wrongly then say McClure was wrong. Right. And so I made the concerted decision and you may think it's wrong and others may think it's wrong and that's fine because I'm not saying it's right. I made the decision at the time, which I live uh, live and die by, that I wasn't going to run it. I'm leaving it. Uh, Yeah, I would have had... The fact that he's done a Zoom is... Agreed. Yeah. And, And looking back now, I may run it. Yeah. But I didn't and I had good sources on both sides and I was like, you know what? It's not going to happen. I'm just leaving it. He then goes and re-signs, I think it was April the next year. So wait- I still remember it because there's a photo that they took, the embargoed photo on the hill between Collingwood and Melbourne. Yep. And I often think as a journo, imagine just driving past on Olympic Boulevard there <laughs> yeah. at the time thinking- pretty public. It's a pretty public place. There's enough people around. Mm. One of those is going to get out at some stage. Mm. I just thought it was an interesting one to unpack because like, and I could probably tell a separate story about it, but like- So where this- was- Sorry, you go. Zach Merritt met with Paddy Cripps when he was out of contract, wondering if he should leave Essendon. And so it's like Carlton could have had Cripps and Was that Oliver. more of a mate thing with I, Merritt and Cripps? Or I, more think of a- I think they're hiding behind that. I think that they were genuinely talking about right. playing for Carlton together. The old player and player catch-up is a lot more powerful than... Yeah, it's huge because players are honest with each other. And yeah. it's like, how are things going? Well, mate, shit, we're struggling. And I've had enough, to be honest. And I want to play in a flag. And Zach Merritt's comments since have been damning on Ben Rutten. And that's the thing I love about Zach is that He's always walked the walk and talked the talk. He's yeah. always been like, well, yeah, my, I, I am reconsidering my future. If we're going to keep playing like this, like I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. But it looks like, and devastated he's not playing on um, on Anzac Day, but it looks like you know, he's, his decision to stay loyal has, is a good one. But so there you go, like sliding doors moment. Well, I want to say, just back on Clayton, was that being driven more by Carlton exploring it or Clayton exploring it? I think that if you asked both parties, they would have different answers. If you're asking me my opinion, I think it was being driven by Clayton. Yeah, okay. I think he was frustrated. I think he saw a side that was selfish, that he was probably part of to a degree. And I think he was looking at Carlton. They were playing, you know, Carlton, when Teague started, you might remember, were playing kind of fast footy. They were moving the ball quickly. They looked really dangerous. Yeah. And I think he was looking around. So just going back to the end of 2020, they went and got Zach Williams in as a big money free agent who had been... You know, it's not like Clayton Oliver just bobs up and they can push Zach Williams aside. That had yep. been committed to and, and in the works for some time. Yeah, for months. And they didn't have a first-round pick, as you mentioned, because that was in Essendon's hands from the Saad deal from the year prior. Yeah, which now looks like a pretty good deal, given he's All-Australian. Absolutely. So they they committed a lot of their cash and yeah. their picks, what they would give now <laughs> yeah. to have Clayton Oliver in that team. I mean, it changes things, doesn't it? Yeah. Do, do Melbourne win the flag the next year without Clayton Oliver? Potentially. And my mind instantly goes to the following year, had they have just told Clayton to hold off rather than re-sign that deal in April, that pick six, as we discussed earlier, goes to Freeman off Adam Chera. Mm-hmm. And that could have been the cornerstone of a deal for Oliver and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Sliding doors. Sliding doors. And uh, that's why we held on to nuts and bolts. You can do nuts and bolts next week, I think. I don't know what we're going to do. Tommy What's Mitchell, up? I want to unpack how he ended up Nice. Yes. That would be good. There's a few relationships and uh, layers to that one. If you'd like to ask us a question, hit us up, uh, Sam underscore McClure and Cleary underscore Mitch on Twitter. I'm still off Twitter, by the way. Uh, well, given I can't DM you on Twitter, I want to ask Trades you something. Instagram, TikTok accounts at Trady's Podcast. Someone approached me over the weekend and oh, said be good. that you may have be taken on some of your own advice with the voice memo discussion we've been having. No, no, what are you talking about? Um, what else is happening for you this week? Hang on. <laughs> you can't brush this on that either. <clears throat> no, I've, no. So that's wrong. I'll, I'll just go back to that person and, and cross them off my list of sources and say, okay, never come back to me. <laughs> False. Uh, we're not going down this path. Okay. We might be, I might have to go back to the person and get a bit more information. So that's all I've got. I need to come, I need to come armed with a bit more. Yeah. You need to, yeah, you need to come armed with specifics. Okay. 
Seems like there's a bit where there's smoke, there's fire. No, never. No, not with me. Um, what is on this week for you? Uh, Anything of note? I'm heading down to Geelong, actually, at the unfurling of the flag, Saturday night footy with Saturday Scoop with Nat Edwards. So looking forward to... I'm still... Hopefully getting a bit of I'm local I'm still footy. shitty about this. <laughs> well, it's, it's Do you ev- find it weird? Do you find it weird that you're doing something that was named... After my well, it's nickname. not personally me. It's the team. It's the it's the uh, whole concept. But you so. never even you never even give a scoop. You just go over stuff that's happened during the day. We often have information. What, name the last thing that was a scoop that happened on Saturday scoop. Give me give me one. We had uh, Tom Stewart's injury from uh, the 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 timeline that no one reported at that very point. We had the latest on Brent Harvey on the weekend. His broken leg. Oh, hang on. It was a there was hang, a major story everywhere. Hang on. You can't now. Boomer's a, a friend of mine, and I've worked with him. And heart and goes, heart goes out to him. And, and you can't claim that. I'm just that trying to think a, of more recent examples. You claim that's a Saturday no, scoop. I mean, not a scoop. But, but you can't claim Boomer playing for Heidelberg, breaking his leg as a Saturday all-time scoop. All-time AFL games record holder. People were interested. And although I, I don't really enjoy Saturday scoop, other than the fact that you and Nat are on it and you don't break stories, I will say your reputation has preceded you this weekend because now don't look so shocked because you sent me this audio, so you wanted it to be played. What audio? Let's take a listen to Ross Lyon on Fox Footy. It's about Jordan Dugowie out. Uh, one less superstar you have to worry about in the yeah, lineup. Yeah, they're pretty handy. Relief. They're a pretty handy team, though. So look, I don't think Mitch Cleary gets it wrong too often. So uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the first I've heard of that. Oh, it- <laughs> I love how he just threw it in there. And I also love that he mentioned you on the Fox broadcast, and there was nothing they could do about it. Like everyone at Fox would have been like, oh, oh hang on. So is that is that referring to a story that I'd broken? Yeah, it was about Jordan Degoe. I thought you said I don't break. Well, did you break that on Saturday Scoop? No, it was the next morning. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank I you. should have actually. So, I, yeah, I should have had that on the. Saturday did he have night. gastro? Yes. So he was the only person to get gastro. Well, Will Hoskinelli had had illness prior. Uh huh. Always um, get sus when not many people get gastro. Have I told my Ross Lyon dog story? I think I've heard of it. So you're Ross pretending Lyon, to walk your dog every day past the sort of <laughs> president's house because I live twenty minutes away. This might be a nuts and bolts in itself. Anyway, Ross and I had never met before that moment because he'd spent most of his time in my early days in the media at, in Fremantle. Mm-hmm. And now every time I see Ross, he asks where my dog is before every press conference. Amazing. Because I was having to be standing out on Andrew Bassett's front lawn one morning and Ross saw me in my trackies. And Were you actually wearing trackies? Yeah, because I'd been walking. Uh, Maybe some skins or some active wear. <laughs> skins? You can't, you, know, you can't be wearing skins on anywhere other than a footy oval. You can't be wearing trackies anywhere other than your Landry. <laughs> that's probably not that's probably not a bad point. Um so Ross when he met when I met Ross, he also met my dog at the same time. What's your dog's name? Baxter. What kind of dog is Baxter? King Charles Cavalier. Right, so not quite the Baxter from uh Anchorman. No. Baxter <laughs> Wow, Ross knows Baxter. Yeah. If you break one decent story okay. on Saturday Scoop, I I will buy you a bottle of nice red. Did okay. you get ended up getting a nice bottle of red from uh, your time in South Australia? Funny you say that. I did bring one back in the suitcase, and Kate was likes her red, so I thought I'd bring one back. There's a uh, I can't I can't reveal what it is because this will come out before my column. But there's 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 a good story coming out about uh, is this Carlton and how much money was spent? No no no. This is uh, a certain person that missed out on a uh, certain drop of wine on the weekend and uh, made it clear to the wait staff that he wasn't too happy about it. Would that have been at the same function that I was at? Uh, was it Wednesday night at McGill Water? Ah, oh, no, it was the f- I was at the following yes. day. Um, oh, so we've got a that's a little tease into tomorrow's. I think so. And are you still number three at, at seven football news? I might be actually four now. Laura Spurways 
Laura Spurway, very good journo. Yeah. Formerly at Channel 9, yes. I think. Great people at 9. I've had two days off. I might need to get to work tomorrow. I'm back. I don't see. I don't have days off during footy. <laughs> I'm seven days. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at com. Thanks for tuning in.